0: Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Lech Lecha. Uh, two important notes, and that is number one: this is our our um, our cycle, our anniversary of starting this uh, this year. We started last year. Parshas Lech Lecha, Tavshin Samachtesh. Baruch Hashem, we were able to go through almost every Parsha. We missed a couple of weeks in the uh, in the summer, and once once maybe right after Pesach. But other than that, we have the s'chus of um, delving into various aspects of of the Chamishichum She' Torah, and now we start the second round. Second round. Lech lecha, Tovshin Uh Second note is that tonight is Rachli Meino's Yard Sayir Alav Chesvan, so it's also Bzeicher, Bzeicher Rachli Meino. All the Tefilas that uh, that Klal Yisrael are davening tonight and tomorrow, whether it's for rain, whether it's for Refuahs um, for Klal Yisrael, all of our Tefilas, Hashem uh, should be Mukbal Bzeicher, Bzeicher Rachel, and Bzeicher are learning, our learning as well. Okay, so let's get into the Discussion for tonight, and we will start with the first pasuk. First pasuk: (laughs) "Vayomer (laughs) Hashem al Avram, lech lecha me'artzecha umim olad Hashem says to Avram, "Go from your land, from your birthplace, go to the (laughs) el There are Many different chazals on this. Rashi already quotes a few of them. Just uh, one cute thought that I just saw uh, before, right before the shir: (laughs) "Lech lecha me'artzecha." How old was Avram Avinu um, when he got this command? He got this command when he was 75 years old. 75. And he was going to live all the way till 175. That's what his life span. So go and you'll have another 100 years you're um, going. I'd like to start off with a thought though from the Tosefes Bracha. So the Torah to is a less famous uh, commentary on, on uh, Torah. Tosefes Bracha in source number one. Just um, so one of our listeners in Mexico City emailed me today, Moish Baikovich, who's one of our listeners of the daf and of the, uh, and of the Parsha Shear, and he's making a wedding on Sunday. So first of all, to wish him a Mazel Tov, and also he said, oh, can I have some material in the Parsha for the, uh for the Shavarach, for the offer?" So this first one is, can be used anywhere, anytime, and it can be really used for any Parsha. So you can just use it as a simcha because it's about the first Jew and really the first command that we have uh, in, in the Torah to the first Jew. Question of the, of the Tzav's bracha is Lachora Hayadai Lomar Rak Lach Yoter. Right, it's implicit already in Rashi, and that is the Hashem could have just said, "Leave your land." Avram would have understood where he has to leave from. <speaking in Hebrew> he has to say, "You have to leave your land and your birthplace and your father's house. Just leave me, Go." Avram would have gotten the message. What exactly is each of these elements that he is leaving? Says the Tosephis Bracha Mipne, Kimidos Haadam, Shalosibos. We are affected in life by at least but three elements. Three elements have hashpa on a person in their youth. And those three elements, one might say, mold a person. What are those three elements? Number one, the community around them. The town that they live in. The friends that they have. The chevrah around. That's one, one aspect that molds a person. The whole land, Everybody was affected. We did speak about it. Maybe next year, the Beis Halevi says even the physical environment was affected by the behavior of the people. The animals started started intermingling. How are we supposed to understand that? The answer is the whole world was affected. One of the Amoram told his son not to live in a certain city because he was going to be affected by that. Number one is the Khevra, the environment, the neighborhood. Number two, v'leif as we get closer in, his family, his siblings, his cousins, his uncles, his aunts, his extended family makes a Rosham on a person. Obviously, that's who we're closest with. That's who we spend the most time with. The family around us. That helps mold a person. Kamosha Amru, Mishpachas Listim, Mishpachas muksin different examples in the Gemara. And finally, Le 9, Min Babas parents. Maybe the most uh, formidable task that we have as parents are to form the child and to help create and and the mitzvah of Puravu, not ending at birth, but only starting at birth. And it continues as we try to raise B'nai and Benos Torah. Not just the physical, but the spiritual elements of their of their existence. Kamosha amru, as the Gemara says, Shusa diyanuka oda avua oda ime, Right, a, a shoot of a child, you know, it's from the father and the mother. Be'beishah gadali mamia l'duso vishomeya vishomeya sicham behegionam. the parent knows all the, all about the child and helps the child through thick and thin. V'sone b'devriem right, b'davka We follow our parents. Teach us. Sometimes we want to do dafka, what our parents don't do. Right, in terms of a, a field. But sometimes it's the exact following the parent. But either way, it's an obvious idea, but parents mold the child. Says that Josephus Bracha, that's what Akadosh Baruch Hu is telling Avraham. Avraham, you have it difficult. You have to overcome in these three areas. Because you, Avraham, have surroundings, have family, have parents that do not believe in what, what I want you to believe in. And I want you to go to a place where the shechunah and the extended family and the parents could have a hashpah tova on the child. <laughs> Avram, you have to leave me'art from your lands, from all around you, from your s'viva, mimo from... Right, Your birthplace, what does that mean? From your relatives, from your extended family, and from your father's house. Terach is not a good influence. Because these three elements for you, Avraham, you have to leave. Because you're the first Jew and now you have to start again. And you have to put into, going forward, you have to put into the Jewish nation, the positive elements of these three areas. Creating shchunot, creating environments and neighborhoods of positive Hashpah and extended families which will help mold the child, bringing them closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and ultimately as parents helping and form the child being teaming with with Hu, to be the proper partners in creating the child. So again, at any Simcha this could be said, you know, this Chassan and the Kala have, have um, come from a family and come from the neighborhood and and the grandparents, the extended, so this is obviously any Shabbos that we have to speak at a Shavar Brachas at any time. You can just mold it. Bar Mitzvah, whatever the case may be. These are the three influences that says the Shavar bracha alluded to in the three words in the first Pasch. We continue in the Pasch. El Haaretz asher Eka. To the land that I will show you. It says Rashi, we know the Rashi, Hashem, we spoke about it last year. Hashem wanted to make Eretz Yisrael beloved in Abraham's eyes. And the more you hide something, the more you don't give it all away at the beginning, the more it becomes beloved. You know, we show a little bit. You're like, oh, what is it? What is it? It's like something's hidden. Something hidden makes us more excited. You don't give out all the information right away. Why do you wrap a present? Why do you wrap a present? Why don't you just give the present? What's the svar for wrapping a present? Oh, it's nicer if you wrap it. Why is it nicer if you wrap it? Because there's like that, it's a little more exciting when you get a present that's wrapped. Oh, what is it? Because I guess, you feel it. It's square, circular, what it's more exciting when it's wrapped, when it's covered, when I don't know yet. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wrapped Eretz Yisrael. El Haaretz I'm not telling you yet. Just go. It's wrapped up. You'll see it eventually. It says, Rav Yaakov Moshe Chalap, one of the greats from the early days, early days of the last century. El Haaretz Asher In source number two. The land that I will show you. doesn't even say the land that you will see. The land that I will show you. What's the message? El Eka, Afilu Nirela and as we'll see, there will be much to talk about it We'll get related to Eretz Yisrael, because Lech Lecha is that parsha. Afilu Nirela even if it appears to the eye, ki Eretz it looks like other lands. There are rocks, there are trees. It's physical, like any other land in the world. Really, it's not true. That's only on the surface. It's totally different. It's a very different land. The treasures that are hidden in our land. It's not. It's not. You don't look at it and you see it right away without working for it. It's Haba, chosen land. Nobody has seen ultimate Olam and it's hard to see the treasures of this land. On the, with a, only a cursory glance, <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem has to tell Avram, Avram, you're going to go there, but you're not going to do. You're not going to realize it without my help. You're not going to realize the beauty, the deep beauty of Eretz Yisrael with just the physical gashmi viewing. <speaking in Hebrew> that I will show you. You got to look with my glasses, says Akadish Baruch Hu. You got to look with ruhani glasses. I will show you, says God. Because that's how we see the beauty of this land. Right? As the, the, the rocks, every rock tells a story. Why does the Gemara and tell us that the Amorim used to roll around in the dirt of Eretz Yisrael? They used to fix the streets. Why? Because they had that ar'echa view. They knew. That it wasn't like in other lands, they knew there was so much deeper. They just had to put on the special glasses that were needed. Good. So we continue the parasha. So Avraham, very obediently, he hears the command. No argument. He goes. Says one of the nisyonos. According to all the lists, the Mishnah in Pirkei tall, tells us that Avraham had ten nisionos that he passed. Ten tests. All that we shown him. Discuss what were the tests. Was this the test? Was that a test? They all have different numberings. What was a test? So, out, everyone agrees that going to Eretz Yisrael was a test. on, everyone agrees that the Akita was a test. Those two. Other than that, there's a lot of uh, discussion. Going down to Mitzrayim and the Orkastim. All the Mefarshim talk about it on the Mishnayim's. But, Hashem says to Avram, go, Pasuk Beis, Ve'escha gadol, And I'm going to make you a great nation, V'Agav I will bless you. I will make great your name or I'll give you the power of bracha so what happens Avraham goes Avraham goes like Hashem told him Lod also tags along as we mentioned Abraham was 75 years old when he left so Avram went left wonderful what do we expect to see in the next Parsha next Pasuk where he went what he got up to like it doesn't Pasuk Vav he came to Shechem, Elon Moreh, describing who was in the land. But we have another Pasuk first. Again, Pasuk Dalad, Avram left already. Pasuk Hei, Vayikach Avram, Es Sarai Ishtov, Es Lop and Achiv, Es Koruchu Shemesh HaRachashu, Avram took his wife, his nephew, and all the Rechush, Veshenephaseh HaRashu B'charan, and all the souls that he had converted, Vayezu, he left! What do you mean he left? He left already. Pasuk Dalad says he left. Pasuk he repeats, he left, Eretz HaKanon, Eretz He left there. What's the repeat? And it, Lord already went with him. Vayelech Hidol Lot. It says load went again. He took Lot. Pasuk dalit seems to be totally superfluous. At least the first part. Vayelech Avram. So what was he going? What does the Pasuk mean? Three answers that the mafarshim give. Vayelech Avram. Why did he go and where did he go? The Nitziv. Let's start off with. The Nitziv in source number three. It tells us a Musar Haskel A for those... Who are thinking of hopefully joining the B'nai'arit Yisrael and coming to become a B'nai'arit Yisrael? Just think, you could already be saying the Saint Alamatar. Right? Or any challenge in life. This is a Musr 4. Specifically, the nativ says it about making aliyah. What does the nativ say? Let's see in source number 3. Vayelach. Hashem commands him, he goes. And the next project says, and he gathers everything and he goes. Said the nativ after, after asking the question of, Isn't it extra? Mind 5. Avraham was worried that if he didn't go at the moment that God commanded him, he'd probably never go. There'll be so many cheshbonos, there'll be so many Hahanas. there'll be so many closing up the loose ends and dotting every I and crossing every T, then it says, you know what? You know what Avram thought? If I don't start now, if I don't put one foot in Eretz Israel, I'm never going to make it there. So you know what Avram did? Hashem commanded him, he left. He left! Then he sent the message back. Tell Sarada, I'm here. I'm already here. Because if I go back to pack everything up, to get everything, I'm never going to leave, says the it Nitzv- says Avram Avinu. What does it say? And he didn't wait for the proper Hachana, obviously. There's a little level of sata We can't be careless or negligent. But to finish everything up, says the Nitzv, we'll never be finished everything. He left. Honey, you sell the house. I'm waiting here because if I join you, probably not going to get to what we want. We'll never make it. By Vayelich, Avram left. Later on, it says, he took. He took. Everybody else joined him. He waited. He waited outside the city. He didn't go without that. He wasn't going to leave without his wife. But he waited outside the city because he knew if he go, does that, they will come. He knew if he takes that first step but he doesn't go back, he'll make it there. I mentioned in the past of Cook's thought. Rav cook says that once, put an the in, in, in the Rav Cook the connection, the connection, Rav Kook says that one of the nations that Chalaisal had to conquer before they came to Eretz Yisrael was Cheshbon as it says in later in the Torah sometimes to come to Eretz Yisrael maybe all the time to conquer Cheshbonus You've got to conquer there has to be a certain level of preparation obviously but at the end of the day it might not totally make sense to Avram Avinu he was leaving everything 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 family everything was leaving because he figured out that there was a God nobody else told him that that's what the Nesiv says. Va'yei he left. Because that's what sometimes we have to do. And then, siat ha'zashmai, everything else will fall into place. Again, one could extend this and apply this to any project in any area of a vodas Hashem where we want to do something. The more we think about it, a lot of times, the more we can think about how it's not going to work and it's never going to succeed and why should we even start this program and there's so many issues that might come up. You know what? Start. Start. Go. Start the shir. Start the chavruta. Start the project. The Chesed project. Start it. Shave sat to the Shemaya with every project. Answer number one. What is the pasuk teaching me? Vayelich. He left. Yerachayim Hakadosh has another answer. A second answer. Let's look back at the pesukim for a minute. The Yerachayim points out that there's a little change of language, which we don't pick up on until he points it out, and then it screams out at us. What does the first Pasek say? Yomer Hashem al-Avram. Avram said to Avram, go, etc. I'll give you these brachas. And then what does Pasek Dalit say? Vayelach Avram, kasher diber elav Hashem. Alavram. Avram went, like Hashem told him. Different word used in pasuk Aleph and Pasek Dalet. Yomer Hashem al-Avram, kasher ka diber elav Hashem. Not, not kasher omar elav Hashem. And we know many times, Rashi quotes... Amira is Lashon Racha. It's a softer Lashon. Right? Kotomah labais Yaakov. isagi a passage Right? in, uh, in Yisro. Right. Tomah is at the base Yaakov, which are the women. I have to talk a little softer. Lashon Racha. Dibur is Lashon Kasha. It's more strong and... and Do it! Do it! All right? No questions asked. Dibur is stronger. Hashem was very soft. Avram Kasha. Dibur I love Hashem. What's the message? It says the Arachayim HaKadosh. Source number four. He goes, the whole pasuk is extra. And he points out our the, his other distinction in a minute. But line three You know what this pasuk is telling me is to teach us Khibaso Shall Avraham, the love of Avraham, and the motivations of Avraham. Shalonis Akiv, Afilusha Achas, Ella Bigmar, Divrei Hashem he didn't wait a minute. But we'll see what it, what, it, what his point is in a minute. He left right away. Take He left right away. He didn't think. He didn't wait for anything. But that's similar to what the Nitzv says. Let's see the uniqueness now. Skip down a couple of lines where it's underlined. Line line 14. What is the Pasuk teaching me? Actually, go to line eleven. The first positive says, "Avram, go." And then, what does it say? It's going to be awesome for you there. I'm going to give you breakfast. I'm going to give you children. It's going to be amazing. And Avram says, "Okay, great." One might have thought that Avram was going because of the brachos. That Avram was going. Who would it go? God tells me all these amazing things. Of course, I'm going to go. The onlooker might stink. What kind of great uh, we're going to give him? Anybody would go if God promised me all all these things. That's what the Pazak is teaching me. The Pazak is telling me the righteousness of Avraham. Why did he go? was it because of the promises. It was to do the Dvar Hashem. How do you know that? Vayomer is Lashon Racha. Hashem tells Avraham in a soft Lashon. What does that mean? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. Avram, Kasher Diberi Lov Hashem. I'm going, God, because you told me. Dibur. As if it was a hard, strict Midas Adin. Nothing in it for me. Kasher Diberi Lov Hashem. And that's the emphasis of Vayel, right after all these promises, before he actually went. Vayelech. this Pasik is not telling me that he actually went. It's describing why he went. The next Pasik is telling me that he actually left. This Pasik is telling me the motivations behind it. Vakan hiskir at the Hanim We do things because Baruch who told us. We don't have cheshbonos. We can, we can, if possible, try, as the Sefer Achilich always does, try to understand the mitzvos. Do our best at understanding mitzvahs, but ultimately, ultimately, we don't do the mitzvah because of the reason. We don't do the mitzvah because it's going to be good for us. We do the mitzvah because the Kaddish Baruch who told us. The Beis Halevi, we're going to do another Beis Halevi in a minute, but I know I once heard of the Beis Halevi. A reason for a mitzvah is called the Ta'am Ha Mitzvah. Ta'am Ha mitzvah Ta'am Ha Mitzvahs. Reasons for the mitzvah. So what's the connection between it's those reasons and taam the taste of something? Because reasons make it more tasty for us. Right? You have a reason for something. oh, oh okay. Now I have to, now I'll do it. Right? It's shy. But all those. Tell me why? Tell me why? So if we up, of course. Right? But if we give a reason, okay. Now it's a little. Now I can do it. It's tasty to me. But we don't eat ultimately because we want something tasty. Ultimately, we eat because we need nourishment and we need to live. That's the basic, Why do we, even if something's not tasty, if that's all I have, that's what I eat. That's what I eat. Sometimes, one night, uh, my kids made uh, french fries. There was no ketchup. They didn't eat it. Sometimes, sometimes you won't eat even if it's not tasty. But uh, really, generally, you know, even if it's not tasty, you're going to eat ultimately. Why? Because you want to eat to get nourished. The time is extra. Same thing by mitzvahs. The iqar had the ichor, Why do you do the mitzvah? Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu told me. Tom is piled on. That's just the ketchup. But that's not really that's not really why we do it. Not because of all the hanah that he's going to get, but because Hakadosh Baruch Hu told him. The Beis Halevi inside in Source Five says this same idea on a pasuk at the end of the parsha before the command of Bris which we spoke about at length in last last year's year, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says his Haleich yet VeYetamim Hashem. Says to Abram, walk in front of me and you will be complete. With this mitzvah, you will perfect yourself. What is tamimus? So obviously, physically perfecting his body took place then. But the Beit HaLevi says there's an added dimension. As it says later in the Torah, tamim tiye imashem alokecha. Be tamim. Be straight with God. What does tamim mean in that context? In Source 5, To not question why God commanded something. Again, he's not arguing on Tami HaMitzvahs, but he's saying that we can never say that's the reason, the ultimate reason why God commanded. We can say that will just help us perform it. We can it's good to look after Tamiya Mitzvah, line 6, But why do we do a mitzvah? And he says, says Beis Alevi, that's Pshad of a Medrash. It's a Pasuket Tehillim that we say, every Shabbos, next column, God saves people and animals. There's a medrash. Of course, in the left column. The east of a medrash, Even though we are people, God, we will follow you like an animal. What does that mean? Isn't that like lowering ourselves? Right? We're like, we're people. Well, that's that's much greater than an animal. What does it mean? Oh, even though we're people, we're going to follow you like an animal. Says the Baisa Levi, line 6. V'ha'inyan. Whenever a person acts in life, Let's say somebody asks me to do something. Can I do it? Ultimately, why, why am I listening to my friend? Generally, there's something in it for me. I'm going to do something nice for him, so next week I'll do something nice for me. Right? We're tit for tat. But generally, why do I do something? There's something in it for me. Right? I need them to do me a favor next week. Um, I have to. They did me a favor last week. It makes me feel good. That's why I do it. What's called the, the Iker, why a person listens to their friend and does his command because I use my intellect to say, oh, you know what? This makes sense. It's good for me to do this. Whatever the reason may be. Line 12. Fine but what about an animal? Why does an animal listen to a master? Instinct. Not because of any understanding of deep intellect. I have to. I have to. Period. Right? An animal runs away from pain. An animal goes close to something that... But it's, but it's, not, it's not based on the Seichel. He even says this is a basis for a halacha. Mesechetz Kedushin. The Gemara says, an animal, line 16, behem agasah nikonah to an animal, how do we do a kinyan? How do we acquire an animal? All types of various kinyonim for every object in the world. But one of the ways that we could acquire an animal, a behemagasa. Behemagasa is a humongous animal. You can't lift it up. How do you acquire an elephant? Right? What do you do? So like, talks about it. How do you acquire an elephant? But how do you acquire a behemagasa? You call it and it follows you. That's a kinyan Because now the animal is following you. But an eved, a servant cannot be acquired through karavihiba. I tell my servants, come here, that doesn't work. Why? Says the Gemara. Mufarish Atam, 19, Adaita A person ultimately is acting because they made a decision with their Seichal that it's good for me. It's good for me now, so I'm going to listen. The Ebed says, this is my master. He's going to give me food, he's going to give me clothing. Okay, I'm going to listen to him now only an animal is linked to the dasa of the Master. He's not acting based on his own Das. So says the base Halevi, what does the Medrash mean? HaKadosh Baruch even though we were Adam, we are going to follow you like a behema. That means, we're not going to decide, okay, it makes sense for me. Oh, the time. makes sense. I like this one. I'll do it. No, no, no. We're going to go straight. We're going to follow you. Pirish, line 26. Even though we recognize what we have to do. And we realize the amazing beauty that a religious lifestyle carries with it. And we realize how lucky we are, how fortunate we are to be Followers of God's Torah, that's not why we're going to follow you. That's not why. Nothing to do with our das. We're following you. Just like that animal whose nickname, so too we to you. We might be people, we could use our mind in every other area. But when it comes to following you and doing mitzvahs, we'll follow you because you said it. That's Avram Avinu. Va'yelach Avram kasher dibur ala Not just Vayomer Avram. Vayomer Hashem Avram. It's not just the Amira. It's the diber. That's the second answer. Again, we're still on. The question that we asked, what is this passage teaching me? Va'yelach Avram. The Nitzvah had one answer. The Orachayim HaKadosh had a second answer. We threw in the base HaLevi. And finally, the third and final answer for this question. That is from Rav Yosef, Dechem Yekornitzer. One of the greats, the last rav in Krakow, source number six, also asked the question, what exactly is this Pasuk teaching us? It says of Yosef Techev, Amnam, where it's underlined, Amnam be'emet Haya. this is kind of a contrast to the Nitziv, lo'haya be'efshari she'yelich mi'ad Soo Soo Hashem. Really, Avram couldn't leave at that very second, he had to get his wife. He wasn't going to leave his wife. He, got to, he got, has to take all those converts. He's going to leave them. He couldn't leave without his family. You need some time. You don't have to say he's arguing with an esif. You can say he needed some time to have some preparation. But you know what? Deep down in Avram's heart, he couldn't take it that he couldn't go at that second. It was eating him up. That he couldn't leave then. He wanted to leave then, even though he had to stay a little bit. Amnam Avram avinu alavashalom. Avram alavashalom. Miyad kishabalo ha-mitzvah His live kol kach l'kaim ratzen boro b'muktam Yoser. Ha-efshari. Ad sheba'ez dibar Hashem imok far kaholech. You know what the message is? Vayelach Avram again. Not to be taken literally. Hashem considered it. As if Vayelach Avram. He wanted to so badly, but he couldn't because he had to get his wife and his family and his, and his talmidim. So, but Hashem said, "It's as if you are already there." i hazal say in the beginning of parachis, if I try to do a mitzvah, I really, really, really want to do the mitzvah, and an ones occurs, Hashem says, "As if you did it, as if you did it." So, what does the pasuk mean? Next column. Al-Kosher Avram. Deep down, he wanted to be there so badly. He couldn't take it that he wasn't there yet, but he had to go back, back up. so kayim on ki halach It's as if he went, even though before all he didn't. He doesn't quote the Gemara, but the Gemara says this. Gemara inksubis da I forgot to give it to you. Tsubis da The Pazik says, U'litziyon ye Ish-ish yuladba? What's the double lashon of Ish-ish about Sion? Echad ba, the Whether somebody's there already or somebody's trying their hardest to get there. Mitzapelarosa. So, even if somebody cannot be here at this second, and they're trying their hardest. by Yelech. says, this is not an excuse. Avram didn't use this as an excuse. He went back and he turned right around. But a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I know you really want to, and sometimes it's out of our hands. Alright? Now, we could also put this into our daily lives. You know, we want to be somewhere on time. Sometimes things are out of our hands. Tolly Whether it's minion on time, whether it's a meeting on time, whatever it is, sometimes we try to be there, and it's just it's not happening. Kadosh Baruch knows where our hearts are. Kadosh Baruch knows deep down where we really want to be. As long as we really want want to be there. Okay, let's continue now. Says the Gemara. Says the the. Um, Let's skip a parak. Parak yud gimel. Now let's move on. Again, a lot to talk about here. Parak yud gimel. So Avram went down to Mitzrayim, and he has the separation with Lot. And after he separates from Lot, then Hashem appears to him in Pasuk Yud Parak yud gimel Pasuk Yud After Lot left him, Chazal say because while Lot was there, Hashem didn't really talk to him. So after Lot was there. Sana, after all, leaves. Lift up your eyes and see from the place where you are. Look in all the different directions where you are, where you're standing. All the land that you see, I'm giving it to you and your children forever. I'm giving it to you. Along with that is the promise of numerous children, innumerous children. Whoever can count the, the dirt, the dust, could also count your seed. Then he continues. Go, walk around this land's its width and its breadth, and its length. I'm giving it to you. By the way, this is the Makar for a halacha, the concept of Kinyin chazaka. The kinds of acquiring lands by walking around it, by doing a physical action on it, comes from this Pasuk right here. Right? Kumis alek Baretz. Avram acquired Eretz through this. Vayel Avram, and Avram went Yavo and he went to elonay Mamre by Hevron. Ask the klayakar. Ask the klayakar a number of questions. The issue is, how does Pasuk Yud-Dalit and Tesvav relate to Pasuk yud Hashem says to Avram, look around. I'm giving this all to you. And then Pazik Yezaiin he says, get up and walk around. Does he want Avram to look at it? Does he want Avram to walk around? Two different two different ideas. Second difference. The first one, when Avram is supposed to look, the Puzzak says, I'm giving this to you and to your children. I'm giving it to you and your children. Yud ki et nana. Whenever he walks around, it's only going to him. Not going to his children. I'll point out a third difference, which he talks about in the part that we're not going to discuss, but I gave it to you. Feel free to look at it. Why in Pazik Yudalit it says, maybe we'll if we have time, Sa na enecha Please lift up your eyes and look. Because was begging him. There's no na in Yud Zion. Go! Three differences. says the Klayakar in his classic way. Source 7. Shlomo Ephraim Lenschitz. Kleiakar. Source 7. Rav in Prague. Habit Yaminu Re'ei. Look around. Source 7. Kimitchi lo'amrak on his baruchu li Avram. Originally, Hashem says to Avram, Sonah, Enechu, Re'eim, and HaMakom HaTorah, I HaTomeit Look around. I'm giving it to you and your children. Third line that at the end, Shmamina, Shibariah, Lochud Sagi Vakani Just by looking, it's enough to acquire it. Look around, they're giving it to you and your kids. Fiakakhazar Mizebi Yamar Kumisalakbaris. Get up. Laarko Larachwa. Kilochatnana. Shma, what do you see? Shitsurah Lios Lazos Khazakamish. Right, you know this that you have to do a real Khazakamhidaish Amitsri. You have to walk around the borders, Baba kamadav tests. It's not enough just to look. So does Hashem want him to look or to walk? The Ode and the other difference. Originally it says, also for your children. And then he quotes the issue of, no. So says the Kleiakar. One of the greatest Darshanim in our history, the Klayakar. Let me explain. He has a whole set of Svarim called the Ogolos Six volumes. It's amazing, one of the volumes, he has a whole section I guess there was a shidduch crisis in the 1500s in Prague as well, he has a whole section where he says, I could connect the issue to talk about in Shul of shiduchim to every portion in the Torah and every portion in the Torah he connects somehow to talking about the importance of being meshaddich and uh, meshaddich and mezavik zivugim it's the kleyokar, he says the kleyokar here, in his kleyokar, which is his most famous sefer, v'akor v'lailu the value and the beauty and the acquisition and the connection that every single Jew has to this land is on two levels every Jew has two connections to Eretz Yisrael one is a spiritual connection and that comes with just vision just by looking. Hashem says to Abraham, Look and acquire. That's the spiritual element, and that comes first, interestingly. And the second one is physical, and that requires physical acquisition. Relates to what we said before from Rav The Ruchani connection in the Besamikdashel Mala is above Yerushalayim. The Ruchnius, that's always there. Visham Paul, Hashem Machom L'shifto Yisparach. That is the ultimate place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants His presence to reside and He wants us to go there and be inspired. V'Sham, Chev Uzo Yisbarach. V'chol HaMistakel B'makom HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if anybody looks there, ultimately in the ideal world, Miyanis Nislabish, Ruach Tara, U'Kidusha, they will be totally, totally taken aback. There's a story that the Maral Diskin. We're going to have a Maral Diskin later on in the in the packet. Maral Diskin never went to the Kotel. So it says is quoted in the Sarem. All different reasons why he might not have gone to the Kotel. Maral Diskin, original one of the early Briskeroffs. Why didn't he go to the Kotel? So some say there was one misara. It's a it might be a legend, but either way, Rabbi Wine once said, even if it's not true, they don't tell those stories about you and me. Right, so they say about al Diskin. He didn't go because he had such a hislavos and such an understanding, and it, and he would be totally inspired. He felt that he would just totally faint and ever be able to, never be able to get up if he went there. And he was so close to the Machamah Mikdash, he wouldn't be able to function anymore because he would be so inspired. If I think about it, as the Gemara says, "Einu domeshmielur iya." But that's what the Beis HaMikdash is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, a, a place where we are inspired and that's what we have to cry about, that we think, oh, it's going to be a, a place where you're shecht animals. How is that going to be so inspiring? But we have to cry that we don't appreciate it. We don't appreciate that inspiration. Just by looking, we could already get the, the, the spiritual nourishment that we need to get from the Beis HaMikdash, from Eretz Yisrael. And that's what the Pesach says by Maiser Sheini in Sefer Zvarim that we go there in order to be inspired. Etc. He quotes the, the Pesukim about about Alila Ragel line 20 Kimiyad Right when we went there Hashem sees us we see it What did we do all day on Yom Kippur in the Megdash? We basically stared at the Kohen Gadol. That's so exciting. So inspiring. Okay, we dove on the outside. But a lot of it is watching. It was watching. Right? But then we watched the Kohanim, we watched the Kohan Gadol, we're outside, we have the whole everybody together. But it it was inspiring. That's what we believe. And from that vision, all of a sudden, we had a Ruach of of Ruchnius on us. That is connection, acquisition type one, that Hashem says to Avram, look, look, and it's yours. And you know what? That's passed down to your children. That's not just for you. That spiritual connection that every Jew has with the land of Israel is forever. Continue, line 27, skipping down. He talks about the spiritual connection. skipping. This stays with the Jew forever. It's in our DNA. Even though for all the thousands of years that we don't have a Beis migdash the Beis of shalma'la is still there. That's the spiritual connection. After that, after that, acquisition that comes with vision and that is passed on to the children. So then, second to last line there's also a physical connection of the land to, to the Jews there's the physical connection you need a physical Kenyan you got to walk around you got to physically acquire it you got to walk around the borders turning over and this one is not automatically passed to every Jew of his children of his progeny we have it as long as we're physically here if we're not physically here we don't have that physical connection Kenya and that's why the second one is a physical connection and it is doesn't say it doesn't say children He continues in the last paragraph discussing what is the not feel free to look at it but that is the message for us two levels of kinyan that every Jew has a physical connection and a spiritual connection to the land, Eretz Yisrael, to the chosen land which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us. A similar but different idea uh, was said by Rabbi Palkovitz in his Sefer, uh, in Source Number 9, in his English Sefer, Table Talk, where he also notes all of these differences, maybe influenced by the Kalei and he notes that there's a difference between vision and acquisition. The vision of Eretz Yisrael belongs to every generation. We know from history that even those who are far removed from Torah observance and to a certain degree even from Jewish identification somehow always retain a certain attachment to the land of Israel. Why is it that so many Jews who have never been here before sometimes come and something happens? They just don't leave. Something happens at the wall, in quotes. Something happens. doesn't happen at at the Grand Canyon. doesn't happen at any other inspiring place. People don't stay there and choose to live there. Okay, I'm going to stay. Only here. What is that? That's that vision. The vision does not deem and whether they pray three times a day asking the Almighty for their return to Zion or not. They are instinctively aware of the unique character of Eretz Yisrael as a morashah, as a heritage. And he points out something that Rabbi Goldbach said when he was in our shul a couple of months ago. The word morashah is used in the Torah to describe the Torah and describe Eretz Yisrael. Morashah, The heritage the heritage of the Jewish people. Because every Jew in the world has that heritage passed down to them. That is the vision. But then, he talks about the acquisition. However, line 20, when Aram is told to walk about the land, which is an act of acquisition, Zarahah is omitted. This indicates that insofar as the actual possession of the land is concerned, there will be many interruptions during the course of time when Avram's descendants will not possess the land, there will be time that we physically will not be connected to the land. There will be thousands of years that we, not, we will not be able to walk wherever we want in Eretz Yisrael. That's the physical connection, that's acquisition that comes and goes depending on the time in history. But then he adds a beautiful element in the bottom paragraph, line 29. There is also an additional dimension regarding ownership and possession which is especially true of the Jewish people's relationship to Eretz Yisrael. That added dimension is the necessity of appreciating the value of an item and certainly of a land on the part of those who wish to take possession of it. Ownership cannot be established through possession alone if one is not aware and cognizant of the true value. He quotes, it's always beautiful to see hashkafa out of halacha. He quotes a halacha. It's a halacha quoted in Nagos Ashri, one of the Rishonim on, on uh, <clears throat> Baal Mitzia where, this was the case, Reuven sold Shimon a tin clee. A tin clee? Fine. He paid for it. And all of a sudden, Shimon, for some reason, some of the tin chipped off. And he sees underneath it that it's really a silver clee. And he's excited about it. Reuven, though, hears about it. and He says, wait a minute. It's a silver clee? So give me more money. Give me more money for it. Shimon says, No way! You thought it was tin. I only paid you for the tin cleat. I don't have to pay you for more. So, that's the Shiloh. You, you're the rabbi. So, what do you say? Inherently, he sold him a silver cleat. But it was tin on the outside. Reuven didn't know about it. Shimon says, I don't want to pay. Reuven says, But what do you mean? I sold you a silver cleat, so you have to pay it for me. Says Rabbi Lazar, quoted in Nagos Shri line 8. The question presented to Rebelazar was whether the purchaser was obligated to pay The psaq given was that the seller was not entitled to any additional money from the purchaser. Why? Since the seller himself never knew that the item was silver, nor did he have any intent to acquire when he purchased it. So it's as if he didn't own fully the silver clee. If one does not appreciate the value of what one has, then that's a lack in the level of bilus, in the level of acquisition that one has in that item. How true, says Rabbi Pelkovitz, this is of the land of Israel and our relationship to it. Not everyone who lives in the land becomes a true possessor of it. There must be an understanding and appreciation of its holiness and historic significance in order for one to become an owner of the lands. To become a real bilam on anything, one has to appreciate it. To become a bilaam on Torah... Am I a Baila Mantur? if I know Shas? If I know Shas, am I a Baila Mantur? No, if I appreciate Shas, if I know and appreciate it, then I'm an owner. You make a Kinyon on something. You make a Kinyon on a Rashi. You make a Kinyon on a Rashi. You know the Rashi, you appreciate the Rashi. You value the Rashi. That's what Kinyon is. Same thing says Rabbi Palkovitz when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, the two levels of kinyanim acquisition and vision. Moving right along. Go back to the pesukim now, Parak Yudalid. We have the four, the four kings and the five kings, the major war that takes place, and towards the end of the war, we know that Parak Yudalid Pasik Yud Ches, the king of Stom comes out very happy. Pasik Yud Ches Malki Tzedek Malak Shalim Malki the king of Shalim, right? The first time Yerushalayim is alluded to in the Torah. The name Yerushalayim is never stated in the Torah. The first time Yerushalayim appears in Tanakh is Sefer Yehoshua. I think it's say Sefer Yehoshua is the first time. Yerushalayim is not in the Torah. Shalem is the closest we get. Hashem Yireh, Shalayim. That's the closest. Melach Shalem. Hosilecham See, so He brought out some bread, some wine. He's going to make a pie. He's going to make a lachaim. brought out some bread and some water and some uh, bread and wine. And he was a priest. He was a kohen. And he gave a bracha, I think we mentioned this last year, he gave a bracha first to Avraham and then to God. He was punished for it because of that. He should have first blessed God and then blessed Abraham. But the Mepharshim are bothered by Pasuk Yudches. Again, let's read it. He was the king. He brought out bread and wine and he was a Kohen. If I was writing the Pasuk, Kavayachal, if I was writing the Pasuk compared to whether we would write it, shouldn't you say, give him all his titles first and then say what he did? He was the king, he brought out bread and wine, and he was a Kohen. Say so he was a king and a Kohen, and he brought out bread and wine. In the middle of describing him, it says he brought out bread and wine. Why is that in the middle? You can read the puzzle a hundred times, but if you focus on it, you realize it's an obvious question. Two Lumdisha answers, given that I saw in the Kamosi Shalorav, a compilation of various uh, achronim, Two thoughts. Two sharp ideas to try to answer why bread and wine were brought out. That's told right in the middle before you tell, me, tell us he's a Kohen. the V'tirates line three, line four. V'tirates I go on and albashnei ofanim. Kniha yadu aki malki shame ben Noach. Malki tzedeq we know according to Chazal was really shame, shame the son of Noach. V'ramazlo he he ramazlo he he hinted by bringing. This out to Avraham, he was hinting to Avraham to two parts, two items that were going to be sacrificed on the Mizbeach in the future. line right, five. Bread, which is flour, carbon made out of flour, carbon minchas, and wine, which is for Nisachim, this wine by many of the Karbanos. we have wine poured into one of the cups on the southeastern, southwestern side of the mizbeach, There were two cups there, one was used every day for the wine and one was used for a week. That was for the water. So they had two cups there the whole time. One of them was only used for a week, one was used every day. So that's what he was being meramis to him. The flour, the bread, and the wine was for the Menachas and the nisachin Fine. The question though is Vihine line seven, Yaduah. What's the lacha by the wine? when you bring wine with a carbon the entire amount of wine is part of the misbeh by a carbon mincha if i bring a carbon mincha what happens the kohen puts his hand into the flour he takes a kamitza under his three middle fingers he rubs off the side under his three fingers that's burned and the rest the kohen eats the gemara says in a number of places in misachasmarafis something that is totally burned on the Mizbayach is holier than something that is partially eaten that's why what the first carbon described in sefer vayikra Carbon ola. Perak aleph is carbon ola. Perak is carbon mincha. And then chatos. So ola is first. So what should be first in the Pasuk? First should be the yayin, which is totally given on the Mizbeach. And then should be the lechem. Should be yayin v'lechem, not lechem yayin. Ah. Says the pischei sha'arim. No. Says, who's talking here? Vieschach harvets. There is one type of carbon mincha that is totally burned on the Mizbeach if a Kohen himself brings a carbon mincha, so then he doesn't get to eat part of it. That's totally burned. If, if a Yisrael brings it, the Kohen, right burns a little bit, he eats the rest of it. But a minchas is Kohen, the is Kohil. Kohil toktar, to it totally burns. So now, he says, line 9, it should have said, Yahim alachem, lahatim yahim did usachem, good holier. But that doesn't apply to a Kohen's mincha. So what happens? Machi tzedek shalim, he was the king. He brought out, what did he bring out? Lechem Vayayin. Why lechem first? elyon. He was a kohen. If he's a kohen, that's why the order, that's what the pasach is emphasizing. He's alluding to the karbanas, but he's saying kahanim. The minchas kohen is totally burned. So that's why you can put it first, even before the wine, because it's also kulo, kulo taktar. A second idea related to what exactly why did it say again? Broken up in the middle. He's the king, he brought out some wine and bread, and he's the coin Why is it stuck in the middle? So a second answer. Says the line fifteen. The in Tinus tells us nazir Parshas wine, naso. Do you have Birchas right next to the parsha of nazir? Ma nazir af Just like a Nazir can drink wine. So, to a coin who wants to duch and can't drink wine. That's so what we just had a couple of weeks ago. Those, Baruch Hashem, we have the schus of, of, of Nisias Kapayim every single day. In our Akadosha, what do you do? Simchas Torah mossef? What do you do? If a shul has a break in between, if the people make kiddush beforehand, so the rabbi has to announce, koin and better not drink wine. Be yothu with somebody else or have grape juice. Right, if that's the case, then they can duchen. In chutzlars, they only duchen once; they just move it up to chakras. That's the minug. But if you dive in chakras then most, if you don't want to lose out on, on, on a berachas konim, beautiful bracha, you don't want to lose even one. So that's why if they drink, if they make kiddush uh, in the interim, they should be yoked to with somebody else, or or uh, or have grape juice. But either way, so that's the learned half like the Gemar Masechus tainus that a kohen is not allowed to drink wine before he duchens. Umeidach, but says the Yerushalmi in what does it say in the Yerushalmi? Wine during a meal doesn't have the same effects of wine plain. It's not as mishacher. It's not as intoxicating. So says the Rabbi uh the Piskei Now we understand the pasuk. It says, "How could he, how could he have brought out wine? He was a Kohen How could he bring out wine? Maybe he was going to give Avram a bracha." But no, he brought out lechem Ayayin. meaning it was wine suda Wine suda is not intoxicating, like the Gemara says, and that's why it's lechem and that's why because It also has to do with kahuna. Two two dvarim charifim. To describe why the Pazakh says what it says. Finally, I'd like to end with one more thought, which I've mentioned in other contexts and other Shiurim, but it has to do with this week's Parsha. So we'll mention it again now. At the end of the wars, Avram collects all the spoils, And but there's an added thought though. Even though I've mentioned, I've mentioned this in the past, but uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's an added thought that I haven't mentioned. Hopefully, there's always a Dvar Kiddush. So at the end of the, uh, as we said, at the end of the war, so Avram Avinu is offered all of the spoils to by the king of stone. Avram says, I'm not taking a shoelace from you. I'm not taking anything from you. You can have it. Nobody should say I made Avram rich. Right? But what does Avram say? My my lads could have it. My lads could have it. I'm not taking anything. What's the biradover? Why did he refuse to take it? And he let his, his, His soldiers take it, his army. says the Chafetz Chaim. Source number 12. Kavon hasateve bel says the Chafetz Chaim lulamdeinu. Shel atzmo hechmir Avram avinu biyoser lubni lenos bimelech sodom Avram was machmir on himself. He was stringent on himself. But says the Chafetz Chaim. If I want to be machmir, there's one, there's a separate shear about this, but at least here we'll talk about there's one very important limitation. And that is, you can't be machmir on somebody else's cheshvin. If I'm going to be machmir, and in that way, I'm going to be machmir on you too, forget it. Inappropriate chumrah. Hey, Mulam B'dogail, Arim. Arim says, okay, I'm not going to take anything. But the other kids, they want to take, Gesunta hate. They can have whatever they want. <laughs> The message is that we want to take upon ourselves a chumrah. That's fine, but not at the expense of anybody else. I'm going to be machmir. I'm going to, I'm going to start learning in the base madrash for six hours straight every night from four p.m. till ten p.m. It's fine. No, it just happens to be that I'll be out of the house for bedtime and baths and the crazy hour. But you want to be machmir, not on somebody else's kashman. Was this really a chumrah? Was it really a chumrah? So, posh as it was, why couldn't he take it? So, there is one thought, then we'll get back to the Chumra element. The Maral al-Diskin, as I said before, the Maral al-Diskin says in Source 13, we're not going to read the whole thing, but I gave it to you. He suggests that maybe it wasn't even a Chumra here. Because if you think about it, he says, take a step back. There's a world of, there was a Milchama here. How did Avram acquire all of these possessions? There's something in al called Kinyin Milchama. Kinyin Milchama, how do you acquire when two battle, when two armies fight? Right, the four and the five kings. So basically, whoever wins gets the other possess- other's possessions. How does that work? What type of kenyan is that? That's called a kenyan mochama. He describes it as each party says basically, I'm risking and I'm saying I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give it up. I know there's a risk involved, but because of the risk involved through that risk, I'll be Kona, I'll be your uh, your possession. That's to do with that smachta. He gets into, but that's how he says it works. But Avram Avinu himself, he didn't think of any risk. He had total he knew it was going to turn out okay. If I have a did the Paul come to me to tell me? He knew it would be fine. So he didn't have the regular mentality that a, that, a, that, a, that a, a team of in the war in a, in a war has. So maybe the regular Kinyonim shouldn't work. So he says, maybe it wasn't a Chumrah. Maybe that's why he didn't take it. That's different than the chaim. The chaim says it was a Chumrah. Because whenever there's a Chumrah, says the chaim. getting back to his vart, it can be a machbar for ourselves and not for our children. Just to end with a Gemara that we like to quote, connecting with this where they were looking for a new Rosh Yeshiva. Who's going to be the new Rosh Yeshiva? I mean, was removed. Who's going to be the new Rosh Yeshiva? Oh, they said, Rebozah ben he's the one, he's our man, even though he's very young, doesn't have a white beard yet, he grew a white beard overnight, we read about it in the Haggadah, the end of the story, but says the, says the Gemara, Rebozah ben so they sent in a delegation to Rebozah ibn It's a delegation. He opens his door, they say, please be the chief rabbi. Be our chief rabbi wonderful that's what he said the second to last line in the Gemara I gave you the whole story end of the second to last line you want to be the Rosh Shiva? you want to be our Rabbi so as Rav says over this Gemara you would think this was his greatest dream on earth what should he say why didn't you come yesterday I can't wait of course what should have been his answer what was his answer I have to go ask my wife what did he have to go ask his wife for by the way, what did his wife tell him? What do you need this for? They're going to fire you tomorrow. Who knows what kind of people are you, what kind of board you're going to have. Right? So what's his answer? What's his answer? It's better to be glass for one day than to be earthenware all my life. Even if it be to be the Rosh for a day. But says of what was, he, what was he asking his wife for? The answer is, this is a somewhat of like a chumrah. You're taking upon yourself a new position. You're going to be out. He's going to be out on the lecture circuit more. He's not going to be home to give baths. He's not going to be around much. You want to go further your position in life? Go ask your wife. She gives you permission? That's fine. But you want to be machmir? Avram Avinu teaches us. We can take upon ourselves chumas if we want, but not with stepping on anybody else's anybody else's toes to make sure that we act in the way that, that we want. Okay, let's stop here. Next week, remember, Tuesday night. Tuesday night next week, 845 uh